0: this episode of dingers we cover the 414 that's right the milwaukee brewers and you may also know them as the toronto blue jay castoffs let's get into it it's time for dingers
1: welcome to dingers the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people it's not just alice cooper we're not worthy that wins you championships that's why weekend and weekend we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up od lifestyle Hello, Charles. joined again by robbie baseball from the murder room in the middle of nowhere ontario canada
0: welcome to the show robbie how are you this evening I'm good. Uh, my wife says I talk a lot about water levels in the creek and the river behind her house. And the creek is is up to the brim with water right now from all the melting. And I sent her at least a dozen photos today as the water level was coming up and there's a little bridge and it went up and over the bridge and then started you know cascading everywhere. And I said, look at these water levels. And then <laughs> walked to different spots on the property beside us and took photos of it. And um, she hates me. So but other I think than that, the, I'm good. But you found the loophole though, right? Because you're no longer talking about it. You're showing her images. Right. Yeah. It's, words cannot describe the, the water level going up and down. Because when, when we had the proper winter and we had ice that we could, you know, skate on with my kid and things, um, it was very cool to be able to uh, show her that we were making a rink and she cared, but now she doesn't care anymore.
1: Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, I feel like that's part of the marriage circle of life. Um, But before we get into it, let's uh, have a drink. It's time. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods, it's time for beers and bourbon because good advice only comes in a bottle. Ooh. That sounded I, like uh, nothing. It was just a puff. Well, to be fair, that's about how much is left in this bottle. So this to is fair. to be fair. This is a bottle that is going down towards the recycling. You know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm going to our Twitter here. Um, and I need an answer from people. So I have all these empty bottles from basically doing the show. And what I'm trying to do is, you know, in a restaurant, Rob. How yeah, you I, fill... I know of restaurants. I remember those. Yep. And and you know how in the, in some of the classier establishments, they fill the bottles and put them on shelves with like cool lighting <laughs> in the back. Those aren't
0: the, the classier ones. Don't do that. But I know. I know what you
1: mean. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, don't I don't know how classy we're talking here. Like classy for me is like that mid tier. Right.
0: Like give me a hole in the wall. Give me mid tier. That's as far as I'm going. Okay. Um, the restaurants so, that I worked at that were high pollutant, they wouldn't do that, but I'm with you. So what is it that you want to do here? You want to make a wall?
1: Yeah. So I have the bottles. I basically want to fill them with like some sort of brown liquid that looks like the original liquid, but isn't.
0: And I don't I just know do how water and food coloring, water and food coloring. That's the easiest it, way to do it. And it won't separate. It should not separate and you also won't end up with an, a mold issue. Like you can certainly put an alcohol in. I would say like a very cheap way to do it is vinegar. Uh, that would definitely work. And if you're wanting it's it to be brown, you do vinegar with some steel wool, let it rust, and then you get the rusted color. So in the that worst case like scenarios, you get a lot of work. I'm looking not, for the easy way. It's, this is the easy way. All you do is take vinegar, put it into like a bucket, and then throw a couple of steel wool things in it, shake it up a few times. And then fill your stuff. It's boom. It's simple. Okay. Simple. All right.
1: That seems yeah. like scientific.
0: I, I'm, I'm impressed. Um,
1: Thank you. What do you What do you have going this evening, Abby?
0: I don't even need to tell anybody what I'm drinking because I'm still drinking it. But I am getting a big old pile of empties. I believe I am under a dozen left. I'm, I like that I have to touch several different ones to make sure that I'm not lying. Uh, yeah, that one's an empty. An empty. An empty. I, to, I, I think I'm, I think I might finish off the Waterloo dark tonight or the next time we record. And that is exciting.
1: That is, that, it's exciting for me. I'm, I'm excited for you. I keep um, looking around
0: to make sure I don't find another one. And then you, <laughs> another 12 back.
1: And I know you're having some issue with the video right now. And I feel like I'm in the Waterloo dark over here. Just saying. <laughs> um, I tried but... to restart it three times and I figured I'm
0: just going to wait till we're done recording Milwaukee uh that way we don't have to look at each other well i can look at you but you don't have to look at me and my disappointed face when we go through these guys
1: absolutely yeah this is this is gonna be an interesting one there's a lot that can happen here um but as we get into it uh again be sure to hit robbie up on twitter at robbie baseball um at dingers pod or Tony (laughs) boss I can tell don't you don't do it same. often, right? This is why I leave <laughs> you those things. I don't touch those. You know, it's, it's a detriment to my health and to the listeners. But, um, Robbie, let's get into it. Let's start with the, the rotation here. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is the easier one uh, in this group. So let's kick it off with the backside there. And um, I'll, I'll let you run through the, the obvious five. And then we can get into maybe some of the other options.
0: Yeah, definitely. I would say we we know it's Brandon Woodruff opening day. Uh 28-year-old righty. He's he's gonna make it happen, homegrown guy. Uh, then we, we go to Corbin Burns, the reclamation Hello. project. I yep, yep. I certainly hope that the longtime listeners are owners of Corbin Burns because Ty was telling you for at least last year, and I'm sure at least half the season before when he was getting jerked around that this was a guy that needed to to pitch he needed to work through these things and it happened for him last year. So he's he looks like the SP2 very promising of course, right? Uh out of the 16 draft class. Yeah. Josh Limbom came in last year from the KBO. 33 I think he'll play of the season. Yeah, turn 34 this year. Um he did not sparkle. However, a good K rate just probably needed some sort of normality in his in his life and last year may not have provided it. So I'm giving Lindbaum a good bounce back opportunity. Adrian Hauser is another guy came over from Houston several years ago, and he looks like the SP four going through. And then the lone lefty is Brett Anderson, a free agent who what's this will be his second year through since Oakland. Uh, he yep. came over now. Now there is very, very quickly tied the, the option here because it's not an impressive, I mean, you've got Woodruff and Burns for fantasy purposes, and that's it. Limbaum, you can say ratio, you know, category league, you might be able to go with K's and things. Hauser and Anderson. No, no, thank you. Um, Freddie Peralta is rocking and rolling in spring training. I forget what the inning count is, but it, it's basically 11, ba- uh, 11 outs he has had and 10 have been strikeouts. So that's nice, but we've seen (laughs) Freddie Peralta be impressive before and not end up with both opportunity and um, ability to be successful when given the chance. So I feel like he could be an SP six Rasmussen, somebody that we saw a little bit last year. Now, Drew Rasmussen is an older guy. He was drafted older out of college and 18, not not a ceiling guy but the floor seemed to be pretty low for him last year. I don't know if he's going to be able to rebound through that. Those are the seven I saw. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that rotation?
1: I mean, Jordan Zimmerman's in here as a non roster invite is a guy that's notable. I mean, if I'm, if I'm the Brewers, I'm rolling him out there on opening day because opening day for Jordan Zimmerman has been phenomenal in his career. And then the wheels tend to fall off after that. Um, but, you know, just as another guy that could be uh, notable this season that's that's kind of the only other guy of any significant interest here i mean there's there's some long shots but i i really don't expect to see anybody else like zach brown is a guy that was you know a candidate for rule five um that was never picked up as a guy that you might see this season to fill some innings country music artist of the year right isn't that zach brown zach brown and his band uh yeah i mean to be (laughs) fair though those guys uh, don't have as many hits as Zach Brown gives up. but Oh, uh, wow. Sorry, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> the only other guy that you could see fill some random innings is Luis Perdomo, who came over from the Padres in, in the offseason as a free agent. Um, big, huge mother. Um, and, and just the only real guy here in this group that I think you might see. Uh, notable arms beyond that are Ethan Small as, well, as a guy that is further off, but might be possible.
0: He's definitely, year. he's, yeah, he's definitely in that realm. Like Eric Lauer is another guy that I think might just get thrown in tie, but I don't, I'm not at all interested in like, Ooh, got to get me that Eric Lauer, you know, that trade with San Diego uh, two years ago. Now it, it was not, <laughs> it was not going the way I think Milwaukee had planned um, when Lauer came back and what was it? Lou Casey was the other guy in that deal. And the now, uh what in the Mets fighting for a spot that we'll talk about. So Aaron Ashby's a, a non-roster invite 22-year-old that I've been hearing good things about. But again, he was drafted in 18, got a 19 season, nothing last year. So um it's gonna have to be like big trouble <laughs> brewing uh in Milwaukee. And they refuse to go and acquire what they need. So they just say let's just throw it up there. Uh that's kind of I I feel like that's kind of how Drew Rasmussen ended up in the big leagues last year. That was also one of the things we talked about with, was it an, was it an error that a lot of these teams last year didn't go and sign Wiley veteran dudes? Some of them did, some of them didn't. And then the teams that didn't ended up bringing up guys like Rasmussen who maybe they would have preferred to not start the clock on because we know uh, suppressing player time on prospects is the second best thing to having them hyped up by the media.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. In, in depth here, this season on the pitching side is going to matter. And, you know, we've talked about this entering last season that Milwaukee seems to have taken the approach that pitching isn't the most important thing in winning a baseball game. Yeah. And so, they, I mean, obviously showed last year they struggled a little bit with their starting rotation. And, you know, Woodruff and Burns were fantastic, but the rest of the group struggled a little bit. And they were nowhere close to a playoff team because of that. So, uh, bullpen's strong, right? So, if we talk about the bullpen, we got the obvious back end um, Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Brett Sutter's the, the other guy that is, is in there as a lefty that I, I'm not sure where they're going to put him at this point. Like a guy that has stuff that should start um, coming off an injury. I think he got a start down the stretch last year. But um, they're rolling him out in minimal innings so far this year uh, without a start in the spring. So it looks like they see him as a bullpen arm uh, at this point. But a guy that they may build up, right? He might be a guy who you see later in the year. So if you're looking for a cheap acquisition, you need a bullpen piece now, but want to look at an uh, arm that could move to the rotation, that's, that's a guy you could focus on. Brad Boxberger's in camp, uh, former closer still just 32 right like about to turn 33 still you know somewhat serviceable no longer the shutdown back end guy um but you've got again to recap Hayter Williams Stutter Boxberger. that that's not bad you add Freddie Peralta and Drew Rasmus into that and that's that's a solid six right and you can fill the rest with any of the remaining candidates in there is
0: there anybody that you like Rob that could fill some of those roles I just think there could be a bit more of a ninth inning role for Boxberger if he is getting outs. And the only reason for that is because you can then throw Devin Williams in when something happens and you need to end an inning or end a threat. And you can do the exact same thing with Hater, And then Boxberger needs to come in and do his job at the end. If you don't want to push Williams and Hater as much through the – may you know to end of august period of time in your season which is like the meat of your season you can possibly look to somebody like boxberger to do that but everybody else in here is is not at all giving me the impression of this could be another guy but devin williams was not doing that last year. You know, like Williams, people are just forgetting, right? They're like, oh, wow, he's young and this and that. But he he was drafted in 13 in the second round. I'm sure that means he was a high school arm. So Mick Abel owners, take note, right? Like this, <laughs> right. It, it doesn't mean it's going to happen for him, but this is what could happen to you. This is what, eight years? Uh, we waited seven years from the draft for Devin Williams to be major league fantasy relevant, major league and fantasy relevant, sorry. Um, so let's just, you know, uh, temper expectations but there's a guy like you know Ray Black's kicked around but I, he's injured of some sort i don't know exactly what it is but that's it like it's it's thin and that's a yeah. generous way to put it so yeah, and same thing on the back end it's going to have to be you know uh devil magic where they can create more unless they are going to reach out this year and Milwaukee has somewhat shown that they are willing to an extent right and when we talk about the lineup they did make a a, a couple of moves but it's also I don't know. Let's talk about the, the lineup. Do you want to go through the batting order and then we can talk about why it's weird.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's weird across the board. Uh, this whole team, um, a couple of free agents made this roster get a little deeper towards the back end of the offseason here. I think a reasonable leadoff candidate is going to be Colton long. You'd see Lorenzo Cain still in that role. Um, you know, you're, you could see uh, Yelich in the two spot realistically so if that's the case if that's how they want to build their roster it's going to be probably lorenzo kane leading off with yellow trait behind him to start the year which makes this lineup really difficult to fill in after that uh i think the way avasil garcia is ripping the cover off the ball in the spring he's going to find himself in a three hole to start the season he's going to have to hold on to that if he puts up the effort he did last season that won't last long, but. He looks like he's the guy we saw in 19 right now in the spring. So uh, he's going to be there. Uh, they're going to run Travis Shaw out probably in the middle of that lineup to start. Now we watched him last season and sure. He hit some cool fly balls out to right field, but beyond that, that guy was useless. Um, a shell of
0: what he was and An inning ender tie. That's what I like to time. call. Like if you've got something on the go, you did not want to see Travis Shaw come up. Cause you're like, Oh God, yeah, man, uh, could he walk? Could, could he please walk? <laughs> and other but, than that, it was just, it was worrisome.
1: Well, we have the telecom company up here, Shaw, and, you know, cable is one of their things. It's time to cut the cable on Travis Shaw. So cord cutters out there, what up? Um, but beyond that, you start to get into one of the guys that I've said for a couple of years now, scares the living piss out of me, and that's Kesson Hira. Uh, he has this weird thing in his swing. The power is very, very real. Uh, no questions about that but he just has this little hitch that concerned me when he was coming up, Robin, I know we talked about it, Um, but we started to see that sophomore slump. So he's going to have to have a big adjustment in order for me to move off of him. Like I'm, I'm just out. Like I'd be happy to add him to team post type later, but I'm, I'm so scared of him at this point that I just, I can't trust it. Uh, I don't know if you feel differently, but to finish off the rest, sorry, I'll finish off the rest,
0: Robbie. And then you'll keep it Yeah, I was going to say, I got a bit Um, on him, but so go. Do yep. It, so, it,
1: so beyond that, I think you're going to have Omar Norvea, who's going to be catching. You've got Jacob Nottingham in the back end, and you, you had mentioned uh, uh, Luke Maley is, is in camp as well here. Um, but then you're going to finish off its lineup with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Orlando Arcia. Now I will say that there is a, there is a chance depending on what we see out of Kane, Jackie Bradley could go to the top, but that complicates it with Yelich being a lefty. That's my concern there. Yeah. Um, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see Colton Long near the bottom of this lineup with an Orlando Arcia, um, Luis Urias is another guy that we've talked about. I still think he's going to find himself on Team post type because everybody is out on him. Um,
0: but Robbie, yeah, I think I'll, you I'll could camp- put him there now if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, he, well, he's there. Like I I'm just not there to put him. I'm not there yet. I'm I'm close. I need to see a couple little adjustments and then I'll put him there. But.
0: Um, well, if you're not careful, he's going to end up on team post hope, not team post hype. Because I've decided I'm doing team post hope, which is where everyone is done or nobody cared in the first place. <laughs> and you've got team post hype, which Urias absolutely is primed for former top 100 prospect. He's been traded, you know, it's supposed to be the whole change of scenery thing. And then two seasons flat on his face. So, um, yeah, like Daniel Robertson's the other guy, veteran Fill them in, dude. Right? Like, who who cares? Not fantasy relevant. But the interesting thing is they've got five possible lefties with Shaw in that lineup. I don't like it. You know, they've got to be pushing Urias as a righty bat. Twenty three year old. He'll t- turn twenty four shortly. What May? Um, they've got to be trying to get him five hundred bats if they can this year. And Hira moving to first base, great for fantasy owners for this year because you're going to get one extra year of second base Hira and the bonus and transition time for him to move over to first. So you can figure out where is he going to fall in with his profile? Uh, The scary part of his profile is Chris Carter, which is home runs and outs. You don't want, you don't want that. You want to see some average from him. And if he's got just a bit of average, is he like the 2019 Reese Hoskins, where it's power and crummy average, like where is he going to go? And I think it, it's this tie. I think he is, he has a way better eye than he sh- than he showed last year and his ability originally when he came up was that he wasn't given a shot right he was he was up he ripped and then he got sent back down and then he came up again and kind of ripped had to prove himself well he just had the job last year maybe the fact that he's lost his position might be one of those things that where they're like you know what you're just not good enough to play the position so we're bringing in somebody colton wong who's just going to take it this is a gold glover you can take it two ways you can learn how he does it and be over on first base and get your head straight at the plate or you can you know go the louis Sirius way which we don't want so i think it's going to be power city and i'm hoping that by being in the four hole he can just you know have ideally have a guy on you know first second third whatever when he's up and he doesn't have to get himself on to keep an inning going or do something. He can be looking to drive somebody in. So he doesn't have to be thinking, you know, there's two outs and it's home run or bust. I'm, I'm really hoping that he can just think, put a ball in play, not murder the ball. Because if he's yeah. thinking murder ball, his K rate's going to continue to go up. He's very Jesse Winker like. He tries for power and the average goes down and suffers. And the thing that made him great was the strikeout to walk ratio and that, you know, that, that hitter's eye. If he abandons that, It's going to be tough. And as soon as he's done in that lineup, as it shows right now, there's going to have three of their next four batters, lefties, and then a pitcher. So it's going to be really hard for him to get driven in. If those lefties are Shaw, uh, Omar Narvaez and Jackie Bradley, because those guys are not RBI guys. Like Narvaez, we both, well, you saw it in 19 and said, this was his career year, soft contact, you know, get off right now. And then he, he goes to Milwaukee and it was not good uh, in 2020 and or 2021 it will be the one i guess that's going to prove it to us what we're going to see from him so and then Jackie Bradley right like what 250 hitter ops 700ish you know he's not going to drive in 65 runs this year um yeah i've i'm worried about yeah. here's run total uh, not as RBIs well i'm just not sure about that right now exactly i'm not sure about him right now yeah uh, i mean the bench I do sucks. Not- what's that And the bench just sucks. Like other than Garcia, I'm not excited about it because the other guys were what Derek Fisher is an option. Tim Lopes was somebody I was more excited with before they just kept adding crummy outfielders.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do not roll into this episode expecting a Chris Carter reference to get dropped. Thank you. Um, So, so kudos on that. You know, I, I, I've said this before. Like, I think Derek Fisher is underappreciated for what he can do at the plate now. The guy can't catch fly ball. It's a major problem for a major league outfielder. So the realistic outcome for him is potentially some time at first base. So A-B-O. Um, yeah, possibly <laughs> that as well.
0: But, but I think the only spot for him is going to be first base at this they point. They moved McKinney there once before Ty, if you recall, because that's the problem too. Billy McKinney's there. A lot of former blue Jays are now somehow in Milwaukee. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this offline. Like Billy
1: McKinney hit the, a lot of baseballs hard in Toronto. It didn't show on the average. He just hit some laser beams at some people through the shift, all these other things. Um, it wasn't as bad as the numbers looked, but at the same time, like you still got to learn to hit the ball where they're not. So uh, right. he hasn't done that and that's his issue, but Fisher isn't that right. Fisher has some real tools in um, and, and the defense is what keeps him off the field. So I think in my personal opinion, after watching both of them play last season, I would rather roll Derek Fisher out there and have Shaw off the bench then have Shaw as the primary defender. Um, And then I would slide here at a third base as opposed to putting him at first. So that's my opinion. Um, Obviously, Milwaukee wants to do something different and they have every right to do that. So I I just think this is a weird lineup. I think this team is going to underperform expectations. I think it's going to impact Yelich. I think this team's primed to blow up. Um, And by that, I mean trade everybody. Because they do have a couple nice franchise pieces coming um, a little further away. And I think they could build around guys like Ahira, build around guys like Aguirreus after you send him down and let him get beefed back up. Because he needs that extra seasoning in the minors, in my opinion. Uh, I, think, I think he needs to go back to AAA, get, get right, get comfortable, and then come back up on, on an absolute air, as opposed to trying to make him into something at the major league level. Uh, I just think that's the reality and a guy like Tim Lopes could have a roster spot instead. I know he's on the 60 day right now. So uh, we'll see what that, how long that tail is, but there's some interesting pieces coming on this team. So is there anything else you want to add to the lineup before we get into the system here?
0: No, I'm good to go to the system. Cause you mentioned the, the potential uh, upside of a rebuild. So yeah, I'm absolutely. Ready to roll.
1: So starting at the, the catcher position here, I mean, being held down by Luke Melee, So there's that. Uh, you know, Mario Feliciano is a guy at AAA that we might, you know, likely see this season. There's certainly nobody in front of him stopping him. Like Omar Narvea cool, might might have a hit tool, might keep him in the lineup, and they might not want to rush uh, a guy that's borderline productive. Like, you know, nothing to get super, super excited about uh, Feliciano. You know, Feliciano, is there anybody... Beyond that, Robbie, that you're even remotely interested in,
0: no, and they are I shallow mean, here. It's it's also hard because we didn't get to see any of those stat lines, and a lot of the guys in their system are 19 uh, draft free or free agent signing, uh, 19 draft or free agent, 17, 20. So we need to see what they ha- can do as far as a hit tool goes before we can kind of get excited about it. Now nobody really liked. Milwaukee's draft, I mean, there are a couple of people thought two of the picks were good in 2020. Um, then they, you know, one of the guys that they did pick up in the third round was Xavier Warren, uh, switch hitting catcher, 22 year old, so out of college, but not on a single board. I did the large FYPD ADP. He was not selected or enlisted once. And there were several drafts that went over 150 deep, as well as two lists from rankers, mine included. Warren was not on it. So the hit tool is not there and it doesn't look like it is throughout the rest of the organization, but Hey, we're, we missed a full season. Some of these guys may have popped that we didn't know about before. And, you know, when we get into, uh, Mr. Perez further down, that's one of the guys. And one of the reasons why we really need to see some games out of people. So first base there is Vogel beast, but he he's out of options. So I think he's just going to keep floating around again. Let's, let's start to count it another Toronto guy. So we've got Shaw yeah. Lopes and McKinney, who we've mentioned, let's now add Vogelbach to the, and Malie and Malie. So five former Jays right now. Yikes. And these are, these guys are guys that were Jays when the Jays were not winning. And even Vogelbach who was there last year was in and out quickly. So he yeah. wasn't performing. Um, the only, the first only base guy, just needs a guy, right? Like, they yeah, got there's,
1: nothing. there's one, like Ernesto Martinez is a guy that is interesting and, and you probably don't even notice it. Uh, but he made the jump from rookie ball to A in 19, right? So he was a free agent out of Cuba in 17. He's a guy that could jump off the page this year, right? Very realistically. He, he probably will start in double A, would be my expectation because he kind of underperformed at A. So he's a guy that could move quickly if there's struggle at the major league level. Just a guy to watch. I don't think they're going to rush him if they don't have to. But if they're in contention and there's a hole at first base, that's a guy that could uh, pop up at the end of the year, but let's slide over to second, where it might even be thinner
0: here than it was at uh, the catcher position. Anybody you like here, Robbie? Uh, Mark Mathias is the only one, and this is not this is just fantasy relevant that uh, he came over from Cleveland. He got a little bit of time last year, still rookie eligible, so you could pick him up in your league, and if you can stash him, that's a guy to stash. And the reason why is that he probably gets time this year. It's not that it's going to be great His numbers were, you know, okay, but we're small sample, right? Like realistically, this could just be somebody that fills things in and might have a nice run, but long-term assets at second base. I don't see any. And and the only one um, that could become is a 20 year old uh, Felix Valero. And that's because he's 20, like, again, need to see what he can do. Yeah. Uh That's it. Like, it's not, you know, it's not a good system and this is part of it for me. And then, so Ty, if we're going to third base here, uh, the names are also small because I think Milwaukee was one of the teams that cut a lot of guys last year when teams were just, you know, axing from their depth. So that's going to get added once people start reporting in May. But in the meantime, uh, is there someone here? (laughs) No, there's nobody at
1: second base for me. They're all past their prime. These guys are our organizational depth.
0: Yeah. Three, three guys from the 16 draft and one guy who signed as a free agent after the draft last year, who's in camp or sorry, didn't not after the draft. I apologize. Zach Green was just signed. Um, He's not a a post-draft signing as we've mentioned with some other guys. So then you go where every team has, has a ton of guys. Shortstop. And this is where you can start to see a little bit of the future infield, but it's far away, right? Like at the other end, the furthest away, J2 signing Jackson Churio, C-H-O-U-R-I-O. Uh, he signed. I can't remember what his bonus was, but it was the biggest bonus for the team. And that's the furthest guy away at 17. Go to the other end, uh, Bryce Terang, who's in camp, a lefty bat. But, you know, let's let's temper. He he got into the system in 18, first round pick, and can't imagine they would want to see him this year. Like, I just well, I can't. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, they're going to move
1: him off the position. He's not a major league shortstop. Uh, they'll keep him probably at shortstop at the minor league level unless they, they're they sending Urius down. And then I think at that point you'll see him slide to second or third. He's for sure going to be at AAA. So if Urius is down there, I think they see Urias as a better fit at shortstop than Terang. And the reality is you've already got Arcia ahead of them um, at the major league level. So I don't see, see why you would move off of that. But – there there is some younger talent here. So we could see a couple of these guys like a Freddie Zamora is is a guy that was notable years back. um, That, that definitely could be interesting. Second round. Zamora was in the last, yeah, last year's draft. Yep, absolutely. But I mean, I think he's kind of fallen out of favor and that's because we didn't see him, right? Like it's not because he's not, can't potentially be good. We just, nobody's seen him at a professional level to the point that we get excited. So um, that's what we're waiting for there. If we move, uh, to the outfield, Robbie, yep. there's some, a couple guys that, uh, could be major league impacts, but at trip, like at the AAA depth, there's nobody of any significant. You now we've already talked about the former wow. Jays, um, Corey Rays in there, former first round pick from 16, uh, who's had a cup of coffee so far, uh, in Tyrone Taylor, uh, ahead of him, a 2012 second round pick. Uh, of the of the Brewers, so nothing really to get excited about here. Just a lot of fodder. Like Corey Ray has some speed, so that could get him some time if we see Kane go down, right, or Bradley get hurt. You might see a Corey Ray come in this season, but I don't. Well, I we don't do know get to even... add.
0: Yep, go ahead. We do get to add another former J. Chad uh, Spanberger, burger, whatever. Um, but also former Bash brother alongside Reese Hoskins in Philly, Dylan Cousins, who has been, or was hurt. He, like, what did he do? He, had, he was in Tampa, got hurt, signed with Seattle, I think, to recover, and then didn't get back with them or whatever happened. Maybe went from Seattle to Tampa and then ended up now in Milwaukee. Um, the expectations are non-existent for Dylan Cousins at this point, but that's just a dude. Um, then you also have, you know, 17, Tristan Lutz, non-roster invite, don't really know exactly what he's been doing in camp at this point, Garrett Mitchell's another guy. And then we can get further down further he away skipped over
1: a guy that I think is the most underrated guy in the whole system, uh, which it. is Carlos Rodriguez, who is at high a theoretically um, just 20. He was a free agent uh, in the international class of 17. Uh, I love this guy. I, I have him ahead of Hedbert. I have him ahead of Medina. I think the power is going to develop a little bit later but the, the hit tool is very much there uh, and, and we've seen moderate production from him in his first couple of years at Rookie Ball. Uh, we saw 350, 323, 318 on the batting average um, with reasonable OPSs floating around uh, the 800 mark, uh, took a dip in 19 and then came back up in 19 where he actually spent some time at AAA. So um, that's that's crazy that he made that jump to triple a as a, as a 20 year old. So there's some, there's some tool here. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to hit 40 home runs, but very much uh, a guy that could find himself in that 2020 territory, good speed, 70 grade. um, And then the hit tools of 60 grade uh, still developing. So, you know, you add a little bit of power increase to that and you've got you've got a real player there. So I think that maybe the center fielder of the future there. And I know everyone kind of thinks Hedbert's going to be that guy. I see Hedbert bulking up and moving off the position. So just the guy that I want to make other people aware of, because you hear the names uh, in the next categories down a little bit more
0: than you hear his. Definitely. Yeah. I mean like beyond, beyond that from Rodriguez, it's just, it's youth um, and it's unproven. And, and then it's Hedbert Perez who was more of a, whoa, look at this guy, where's he from? And then everybody wrote it down. was like, okay, J two class. And he jumped up because he wasn't one of the big signing guys from the J2 class. So, and that's, that's it. I mean, we did talk about their pitching depth before, but the reason we didn't mention prospects is because they don't have them. Milwaukee, as Ty said, they seem to think there's a different way to win baseball games and that's without pitching. Uh, I don't know when it was that they, they made this, this pact. I don't know if maybe the former Rockies management is now in (laughs) Milwaukee. uh, But either way that that to me is is one of the problems that milwaukee has now maybe they want to do like what fantasy owners do where you know you draft your hitters you buy your pitchers but um they're not there yet and it's going to be a rough season in milwaukee as ty said if the depth is needed if they have to draw from it a lot it's going to be a really rough season it's going to be a low 70s win season best case scenario for these guys is obviously high 80s but that's because it can be like that for everybody in spring training, right? They could realistically have six solid pitching options, starting pitcher options. They could have three, two guys in the pen that can lock it down. If you go with uh suitor, Sutter as well with that, and if Boxberger's got a little bit of magic left in him, you might have the ability to get through a week with, you know, a few save opportunities that can go away from the Williams hater variety. And they can go to somebody else in the lineup so that they can stomp on um situate tense situations but realistically from a fantasy standpoint i probably own like outside of hira probably own zero dudes uh with hope you know like i would take chances on guys but i'm not like i'm not all in on corbin burns and that's that's more or less because you've taken any of the shares where we play together away from me and everywhere else he's now shot up but everything else is very low ceiling to me yeah this team is very low ceiling
1: In your deeper leagues, like, uh, you know, Carlos Rodriguez is the guy I mentioned already. Luis Medina was a guy that was international out of the 19 class as well, who we haven't seen professionally yet, right? So if you want to go get a really cheap acquisition that has some upside, there's your guy in this group. He's still, you know, probably three, four years away, uh, but really could be part of that outfield class with uh, Garrett Mitchell, Carlos Rodriguez, uh, Hedbert Perez. Like, they're all going to be in that similar kind of trajectory. So that's the other guy that I'd be looking at there that nobody's paying attention to. And I, unless you got a really savvy owner somewhere, you could probably add him to your minor league depth for
0: almost nothing. I agree. <laughs> and yeah. like Christian Yelich to me is not a mega rebound candidate for reasons that we've talked about. He's in the lineup, but he, to me, is like a, uh, an 80, 80 base, but, a 90, 90 max. I I feel he's going to struggle to drive guys in because of, you know, the potential for him to be higher in the lineup and how crappy the back end of that lineup is. And it could be a struggle for him to get driven in. If it's guys like Hira and Shaw uh, who are looking to do that and drive him in, and then they're striking out or not getting the ball in play for him to come in. So it could be a weird situation for Yelich. And yeah, anyway, that's it. Milwaukee. We took too much time with this team. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: I, this one's going to be a tough one to watch this year. I think they're going to be one of the bigger disappointments this year. Um, I, I really firmly believe they should be looking to tear this team down, but uh, we'll see. Stranger things have happened. So uh, it's a great spot to jump off here, Robbie. Uh, it's been Tyler Rob here on Dinger's. <laughs>